Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to go to our main text tonight. Our main text is found in Luke chapter 2 this evening, and we're still in the Christmas story. I want to speak to you tonight about glory and worship. Glory and worship is our focus and our emphasis tonight, especially when it comes to the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's about glory and it's about worship. Amen. Somebody say amen in here. Okay, don't, don't be silent and don't be quiet on me tonight, please. This is the most beautiful time of the year, and it's time for us to step back and receive and soak in a fresh revelation of the love of the Father. Amen? Receive a revelation of the love of the Father, the miracle of Jesus' birth to the world, and the story of Jesus that is so full of glory and wonder. Lord, I just thank you so much for the power of the telling of the story of you giving your beloved son, of giving all that you had to give and your cherished, beloved, begotten son. Lord, you held nothing back. Father, thank you. Thank you that in Jesus, he holds all the treasury and beauty of your very essence, your very wisdom, your very mind, your very glory. Oh, God, we want to behold the glory of the Son again. We want to behold the glory of the Son of God again. The Son of Abraham. The Son of David. The Son of God. Lord, give us a fresh revelation of your love. Of giving your only begotten Son for us. Commissioning him, God, to his divine assignment to the earth and to all nations and to all people. I thank you, Father, tonight that we sit here as we are in the kingdom. We came through his cross. We came through his blood. We came through his sacrifice. Lord, those nails did not hold you to that cross. Your love did. And I thank you. And I honor you, Lord. And I pray that your anointing is so sweet on this word tonight and that we feast at your table and that you refresh the hearer. And I thank you for the ministry of the spirit that's even going on beyond what I'm articulating in the natural right now. I thank you for the ministry of the spirit of God. Amen. I'm going to reference a scripture from the very outset in the book of Matthew chapter 12. I know I told you um, Luke Two, but I'm going to reference, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 2. And there's this particular verse that I want to lay as a foundation tonight in Matthew 2 and verse 6. Matthew 2 and verse 6, it says, For out of Bethlehem, land of Judah, are in no way least among the princes of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler or a governor who shall shepherd 
my people Israel. I don't want you to miss these words tonight. It is out of Bethlehem that the shepherd of God's people would come forth to lead Israel. How many remember the words of Jesus in John chapter 10 that he says, I am the good shepherd? Amen? He's the good shepherd. Say it tonight. He's the good shepherd. So out of Bethlehem came our shepherd. And so tonight we pick up out of Luke chapter 2, and I'm beginning in verse 8. It says, and now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, and they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Yeah, I bet they were. (laughs) And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, when the angel gives this declaration, I don't want you to be confused where it says the city of David because the city of David was Bethlehem. It's where where David was born. It was where David was raised with his father, Jesse, and his seven brothers. This was was also the city of of Ruth and, and Boaz. And so when we hear the city of David in this scripture, we often think of the city of David right outside of Jerusalem on the southern end But that wasn't until David conquered the city of the Jebusites and it became the city of Jerusalem. So when the angel speaks here and says the city of David, he's saying Bethlehem. Are you with me tonight? For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this is going to be a sign to you. Yes, I hear you. (laughs) It was right on time. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? It's right on time. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. What a sign. What a peculiar sign. You're going to find this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And then suddenly there with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts there were praising God saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men wow it's awesome isn't it I love the story of Jesus and so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven the shepherds said to one another let us now go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all who heard of it marveled at those things that were told to them by the shepherds. Look who was was evangelizing the message of heaven. It was shepherds. Isn't that beautiful? Shepherds. And Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Mm. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying 
and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told to them. It's a powerful story. It's a powerful story that all of us are very familiar with, but the, the scary thing is about what we're familiar with can lose the power of its own revelation. We become so familiar with things as, just, as we just heard Randy as speaking about that class. We get to the point where we, we think that we've heard it all, we've seen it all. Thank you. I've been there, bought the T-shirt, got a headband, got a bumper sticker, been there. We're so familiar. But what is so vitally important in Christmas every year in this time of season is that we slow down our lives We slow down our lives, we put things away, we take the clutter of our life away to spend quality time with God to receive a fresh revelation of the love of the Father in the gift of Jesus Christ. I said last week, we had had just the greatest privilege of being in Bethlehem last year. We took a team of nearly 40 from this church and some other friends, and we went to Bethlehem and... Doug, you were there, <laughs> and we were sitting in the fields of the shepherds, and we began to sing these Christmas carols, and I can't, I can't articulate and even try to put it in words for you what it's like to sing these Christmas carols that we've all grown up with, but to sit in the hills of Bethlehem where angels manifested and a multitude and throng of angels manifested over shepherds and began to declare the coming birth of the Son of God. Wow. Spectacular. You know, it's amazing that this is who the angels came to, lowly shepherds. Now, we've heard it all before. Yeah, but hear it again. Hear it with a fresh heart. Hear it with fresh ears tonight. Jesus was, there was not angels appearing over the, over a grand temple over a royal palace. You know how we are. We, we, we tend to be creatures that are so self-absorbed and so self-serving that we start thinking it's all about us. That if Jesus was actually manifested to the courts of royalty, it, it's just human nature for them to go, well, yeah, we're just that special. I mean, we, we were the first to know. I mean, we were in. No, it didn't happen that way. It was that the angels came to shepherds. They were so humble They were so unknown, right? They were not famous. They were just there in their place of assignment being faithful, watching over their sheep by night, just being faithful. I like to say here at Victory, God's not called us to be famous. God's called us to be faithful. And I pray that that will help somebody in here. I believe it will. If you just be faithful... And what God has called you to shepherd and mother and father and watch over, you'll see God begin to speak divine revelation and light to your path. Come on, say amen. That's a good word. Come on. When these angels released this word, these shepherds began to glorify God. See, anytime revelation comes, worship begins to break forth or spring forth as we sang tonight about the wellspring of God. Worship begins to spring forth. And we see it throughout the entire level of the Christmas story when Gabriel came to Elizabeth. 
She was barren. But when Elizabeth received the word of the Lord and she heard that her and Zacharias were going to receive the forerunner of the Messiah, her response was to break forth in overwhelming worship. Think about that. When, when Mary encountered Gabriel, that she would bring forth the Son of God who would deliver his people from their sins, the spirit of worship was released out of Mary, and she began to sing a song. It's found in Luke just one chapter back, Luke chapter 1. And I want to read these verses. I want you to hear this tonight. She burst forth into a new song of the Lord. You have a glory encounter. I want to tell you, there is a song in you. I'm going to try this side. You have a glory encounter. There's a song in you. And, and when you encounter the freshness of the presence in the face of God, a song that has been brewing in your spirit, poof, it'll spring forth out of you. It's just the same with the prophetic. I, I could hand the, the microphone to Rita right now, and she would say it's the same way with the prophetic. You have the presence and the glory of God moving and overshadowing you. The song of the Lord will burst forth out of your spirit. A new declaration, a new song, a new decree, a new prayer, a new anointing will spring forth out of you. It's there. It's there, folks. He's within you. Here's what she sang. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. I love that. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. Woo! Isn't that awesome? She's saying, God has remembered me. He's regarded me in my lowly state. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like extremely low? Like you feel like you can't get any lower? Like you, you like right now you're, you're even below the carpet and nobody can see you? Okay, uh, all right. So, yeah, you're, okay. You're a quiet, you're a quiet little bunch tonight. <laughs> quiet little flock of sheep. Quiet little flock of sheep. Little flock. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Gosh. <laughs> Savor these words. Relish these words. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Do you hear the worship? Do you see the worship? Do you see the worship? And his mercy is on those who fear him. Oh, my. His mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their throne and exalted the lowly. Oh my gosh, I love this because you, you can just hear echoes of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 40 where it says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. Every valley shall be exalted. Are you tracking with me? 
Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked place shall be made, come on, say it, straight. And the rough place shall be made smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord is spoken. See, that's Isaiah. But when you hear Mary, you hear echoes of Isaiah coming out of that prophetic and poetic language. Hear it again. God has put down the mighty from their thrones. He's exalted the lowly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly what the kingdom of God looks like. And this is exactly what we need in the United States of America desperately in this hour. Those that are lofty, lofty, believing that their seat of authority is safe. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when the kingdom of God comes, every lofty and high mountain place, it is brought low. But God exalts the humble. He exalts the weak. He exalts the the broken. He lifts up those that are not in love with the sound of their own voice. He loves the humble. God cherishes that. It attracts God to you when you walk in humility. <laughs> it attracts God to you when you walk in humility. He put down the lofty from their thrones. This is Mary's song. He's exalted the lowly. He's, he's filled the hungry with good things. And the rich, he has sent away empty. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to his fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. We're speaking tonight about glory and we're speaking tonight about worship. And about a fresh revelation of Jesus. About encountering the glory of God. Because a new song will be born in you. A new song will be born in you. A new song. See, right now I'll tell you what I'm seeing in the spirit. I remember how God called me to the city of Sarasota. And I was laying on a map of Florida. And had been laying on that map for three months. And praying over all the major cities of this great state and I remember one night laying there and seeing suddenly in a vision I saw a geyser of worship explode out of Sarasota I saw a geyser of worship explode out of the ground of Sarasota and begin to spring and go everywhere all over the state and then to other parts of the world See, there's a new song that has yet to be released from this region. Yeah. There's a new song that has yet to be birthed from this region. It's the sound of heaven. It's heaven's song being captured in the earth realm and the people of God bursting forth. I, I'm not talking about just right now the individual song. I'm talking about a corporate sound. 
See, there, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind that awakened the city of Jerusalem. It was the sound of the rushing mighty wind that went into the city of Jerusalem and blasted into the upper room where we trace our spiritual heritage and roots to, where the Holy Ghost was poured out and fire was released upon individuals and people were lit by the fire of God. And the sound of heaven began to come out, shook the whole city. Wow. Wow. When Mary went to visit Elizabeth and they, they, they just got in proximity, we read last week that John leapt in the womb of Elizabeth. Remember that? And then it says, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she broke into praise unto the Lord for all he was doing. Folks, we need a glory encounter. We need a glory encounter with the presence of God that starts popping corks off of people's lives. I'm talking about God. I'm going to come and get you tonight if it's a, I'm telling you right. We need God to come and grab a hold of us like a champagne bottle and shake you up. Shake your tree. Grab a hold of you and shake you up and then pop your cork. Can you see that tonight? We need a geyser of worship to be released. We need the shaking of the Lord. Come on. We need God to grab a hold of us. We need a glory encounter. I'm telling you, this Christmas, I'm hungry for a fresh glory encounter with God. I am so hungry for a fresh glory encounter. Oh, yeah, I feel that. The angels spoke to lowly shepherds, and worship began to break out. Angels in the heavenly realm began to break out. And this was their announcement. I bring you good tidings of great joy for all people. I bring you good tidings of great joy for all people. I wonder if that's still God's headline for the city of Sarasota. I wonder if that could just be front front page news we God God brings you good tidings of great joy for all people yes yes when angels are manifested they say this is the intention of God God wishes you goodwill are you hearing this somebody needs to really hear this see the intention of God God's not against you he's never been against you He's never been against you. This is such good news. He's not against you. He is so for you. He's so for you. And his plan towards you is good tidings. That, that'll give you such joy. It will be wild, unstoppable joy. The devil's been trying to dupe all of us. That God's disappointed in you. God's frustrated with you. God's done with you. No, he's not. No, he's not. Poke your neighbor and just say, he's not. Come on. He's not. In Luke 2, in verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was 
with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. And what were they doing? They were praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Peace. They were announcing peace, goodwill to men. Folks, that's what it looks like on earth as it is in heaven. You know there's peace in heaven? That's what the glory is. It's peace. And that's why Jesus said, the Father desires for you to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. Don't you be duped by what you see in virtual reality right now. The future does not belong to the God-haters. The future doesn't belong to the God-mockers. The future belongs to the righteous. The future belongs to the kingdom of God, those that know their God. I want to take you to Matthew 2 for a minute. Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. And I want to address the Magi. This is so powerful. And I know that this coming week in our, at, at the Gibbs house, we always watch a special movie called The Nativity. And I would encourage you, if you, if you just Google it, Amazon it, get it to your house. It's called The Nativity. It's so powerful. And the way that they show these magi and their relationship in, in, uh, throughout the, the span of this, this movie is just is spectacular. The friendship and the, the, uh, the comedy from these three guys is just outrageous. But the magi, it says, when, when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it had come and stood where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. <laughs> and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasuries, wow, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love that. They... They fell down and worshiped. Maybe this is just too elementary for you, but I hope that it's beginning to start penetrating your spirit, that we have a fresh revelation of Jesus himself. And I'm going to say again what I said earlier, that I think a lot of times, because we are so in the realm of being battered in life scenarios and situations and circumstances, that we come in very needy. We come in all the time very needy. We need encouraged. We need validated. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All kinds of things. It's just a battering ram of stress, responsibilities, stresses of life, stresses of the work, stresses of bills, um, the, the, the political environment is playing a heyday in people's hardwiring. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Um, and, and there's not a lot of good news. There's not a lot of good news if your mind's being renewed to the bad news. Are you hearing me? But a lot of times we come in and we're just needing, oh gosh, I just need to be in the presence of the Lord. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you again. Folks, when you come in you have to bring 
gifts of praise. When you, oh, this is good news. When you come in, you've got to come bearing your gifts of worship. Come bearing your song of the Lord. You've got to bring the sacrifice of praise. You, you have to get through the veil of your flesh. You know, when Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews, he said that the veil was literally, it was rent from top to bottom, but he gives us the true revelation that that veil was literally Jesus' flesh that was ripped open so that we could have access into the most holy place. Did you know that an angel did not need to roll away the stone so that Jesus could get out? <laughs> <When you, laughs> I mean, that's a revelation, right? I mean, like, Jesus couldn't escape out of that tomb without an angel blasting it down, rolling the stone, and sitting down on it. I mean, that's tough stuff. I mean, I, I mean that's wild. It says that angel rolled that stone and sat down on top of it. You read it. But it, wasn't, it was not to let Jesus out of that tomb. It was so that we would have access into it. Why? So that we could behold the glory that he had risen. Yeah. Are you seeing it? And sometimes we get so beat up and flustered by life. And we come in here and we forget the mystery that is involved in the realm of worship. And it is mysterious and it's beautiful. That you have to break through the veil of your own flesh. You have to break through the veil of your own flesh. You have to break through the veil of your hurt. You have to break through the veil of your disappointments. You have to break through the veil of the warfare that you've been enduring. And you have, to, you have to charge through that and say, I'm going to lift up a song unto the Lord. Nothing is going to stop me from lifting my song out of my spirit. Come on, somebody get praise to God in here tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. It says, they fell down and they worshiped him and they opened their treasuries. I like that. I like that. They weren't bound like, oh, wait, wait, should we tithe yet? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> wait, are we under the law or are, where are we? Uh, should we really give these treasuries? I'm being facetious. And now I'm back in Luke chapter 2. And I want to take you into this place where Jesus is brought to the temple. His mother and father bring him to dedicate him unto the father. Heavenly Father. In verse 22, it begins, and this is a powerful story. It says, When the days of Mary's her purification, according to the law of Moses, they were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male shall, uh, who opens the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according as it is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons and behold there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was just and devout he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death 
before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Wow, what a word. What a word. What a promise. What a promise. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. I love how that's worded. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. I mean, folks, they had to marvel at hearing these words. Not just the light of Israel, but the light of all nations. A light to the Gentiles. That's why you and I are seated in this room tonight. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother, they marveled at the things which were spoken of him. And then Simeon, he blessed them. I love this. And he said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against yes a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed wow what a word now can we can we keep reading verse 36 you still there now there was Anna a prophetess a prophetess the daughter of Phanel. And I, I don't want you to just jump over this. Notice what you just read. There was a woman who was a prophetess. Folks, if it's in the Bible, it's for you. If it's in the Bible, it's for you. What are you getting at, Brian? I'm saying that women can be prophets. I'm glad that three people are excited about that. She was a prophetess. And here she is in the temple. She was of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. She had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. Man, there's so much right here. She served God in the temple with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in, in an instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of, spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. Wow. Now, notice those words that says she gave thanks to the Lord. What's another word for that? It means that she started lifting worship. This is what I'm getting at. There was a spiritual father, Simeon. There was a spiritual mother, Anna. And they were lingering in the temple. And they were ministering unto the Lord day and night, night and day. They, these were people that were set apart unto the Lord with fastings and prayers. 
And, and Simeon had been given this treasure word by the Holy Spirit, you're not going to die until you hold the future in your own arms. You're not going to die. You're not going to step through the gateway of eternity until you hold the Savior in your arms. And these two individuals were people of prayer and fasting night and day, day and night, night and day. But when Jesus came into their midst, there was the breaking forth of worship. The breaking forth of worship. It's the spirit of worship. Wow. This child, <clears throat> this child, it's this child. I don't know why this is hitting me this way tonight, but it's this child that was born and laid in swaddling clothes within the manger. From the very beginning, Mary is pierced with this word that your son is going to release a sword and it's going to pierce even your own soul. What a sobering prophetic message. Think of that. The baby was born. Jesus was born with an extraordinary destiny to die, to pay a penalty for all of humanity. This is the glory of the gospel, and it is a gospel of glory. The baby was born with a destiny to die for all humanity. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, you still with me tonight? In Hebrews 2 and verse 9, it says, But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. You see that? That was his destiny. That was his destiny. He was crowned with glory and honor by suffering this death. By the grace of God, he tasted death for you and I. He tasted death for you and I. The prophet Isaiah says it like this in Isaiah chapter 53. And it's scriptures that you and I are so familiar with. But, but Isaiah begins to break it open by starting like this. He was, he was despised and he was rejected by men. Jesus was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. For surely he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Oh, we like sheep, we've gone astray. I mean, you can say that. Oh, yeah. We've all turned. We like sheep, we've gone astray. And we've, we've been led away. But the Lord laid his iniquity, the iniquity of us all upon him. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. And yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers, he was silent. That's amazing. He was silent. 
So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of many people. He was stricken. See, he was a child that was born unto us, but he was also a crucified king. He was a child that was born to us, but he was also the crucified king. The one that the magi fell down and worshiped and brought their gold, frankincense, and myrrh and, and lavished their worship who had come from afar. This child would become a crucified king but he would also become a risen Savior. <laughs> a risen Savior, the giver of grace, the giver of mercy, the giver of freedom, the giver of deliverance from all sin and all shame in every one of our lives. Come on, give him praise tonight. He is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. When we sing, oh, come, let us adore him, he is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. Not just a baby in the manger. He is Christ the Lord. He is the risen, conquering king, Lord of all, Lord of all. I want to read to you out of the Passion Translation tonight in Philippians chapter 2 about this name that Jesus has been given. And I want you to hear these words. How many of you are enjoying the Passion Translation? It's so powerful. That's almost everybody in here, and I love that. That's good. That's good news. I like seeing that. And I'm going to begin in verse 5. And consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, consider this example tonight. The Anointed One, He sat before us. Let this mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Gosh, that's so well stated. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He became human. He humbled himself and he became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God has exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. Aha. He's now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and yes, even in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord, Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, His Father. This is the gospel of glory. This is what Christmas is. 
For unto us a child is born, a son is given, but he was a crucified Savior, but became a risen King that was given a name that is above every name. And every knee will bow and tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father. He is Christ the Lord. I don't know how it's going to manifest. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see bowing low principalities, powers, demon imps. Those that were blasphemers throughout the ages of humanity. Those that traversed this earth and mocked God and hated God. If we will be able to peer into that realm, in the realm of eternity, to watch them bow low and confess that He is Christ and Lord and King. But I pray that we are. I pray that we get to see old Satan himself bowing his knee and declaring Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> oh, I hate the devil. I hate the devil. Bill Johnson told us a funny story years ago. <laughs> His kids were not allowed to use the word hate in the Johnson household. And it really bothered the kids. They were young really bothered they wanted to use the word hate and so brian y'all know brian johnson brian he got he got this idea and he so he came to bill and he said dad i know we can't use the word hate but what if i said i hate the devil would that be okay to use in the house bill went to benny they got a big kick out of it and they came out had a family meeting and they said okay on one condition you can use I hate the devil. And so Brian, as a little kid, would walk around the, the Johnson house all the time, stomping his feet, going, I hate the devil. I hate the devil. I hate the devil. Anybody in here hate the devil? No, I hate the devil. One day his time is going to be up. Amen? This is good news. I want to reference this scripture again about the power of his name. And I want to close with this tonight. When the Apostle Luke, the Apostle Luke wrote the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, he chronicles Peter's powerful sermon and message. It was Peter's declaration of who Jesus really is. And in verse 12, he says, nor is there salvation in any other. Cody, would you come? You just come and join me. Nor is there any other salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. There's no other name. And it's the name above every name. It's the name of victory and the name of triumph. He is a conquering king. He is a returning king. He is a returning king. Triumphant. I'd like you to put your Bibles aside. I'd like you to stand tonight. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
Father, I thank you for a fresh revelation of your love and a fresh revelation of your giving heart to us this Christmas. The revelation of you giving your only begotten son, of giving all that you had to give in the manifestation of Jesus. We thank you, Father. Just lift your hands across the sanctuary tonight unto the Lord. Father, we thank you for giving Jesus. And tonight, Lord, tonight you're the one who deserves all honor and praise. You're the one who chose to come. You're the one who chose to give your life as a ransom for our souls. And we thank you, Jesus. And we honor you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your cross. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord. Father, thank you for raising Jesus from the dead and manifesting your great and glorious power by raising your son up from death and giving him a name that is above every name. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed tonight, I want to bless you. But there are friends amongst us tonight that are new to my, my face, my, my witness. And tonight, I just I want to give the invitation this evening. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you need to know this is the greatest news of all. He loves you. And he was given by the Father for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him, they would not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that when he gave his son, he didn't send his son to condemn the world, but he sent his son so that the world might be saved through him. He is your savior. Jesus is your savior. He is your Lord and King. But if you have not yet made him your Lord, you can do that tonight. Tonight can be your night. And Father, I just want to pray over this crowd tonight that has come to worship, has come to seek has come to enter in tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, if there are those amongst us that have not made you the Lord of their life, I pray even now your presence just come and ignite upon their heart as a fire. And if you're in this room tonight and you would say, Pastor Brian, that is me. I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. This is the night I want to give my life to him and make him the Lord of my life. If that is you, lift your hand quickly. If you're in here, if that is you, just lift your hand so, we, so I can recognize you and see you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm going to transition in just the next few moments, but... Um, Rita and Stephen, I'd like you to prepare yourself and Mark and Kathy, if you'd come with them. And we're going to transition into some altar time and some prophetic ministry this evening and just see how the Lord begins to release the river of his word. But before we do that, I want you to put your hands out in front of you. 
And I want to pray over you what we're praying in the Gibbs house, and that is that a fresh revelation of Jesus would be yours this Christmas. Lord, I bless the homes, and I bless our friends, and I bless all those we have the privilege of serving and loving and shepherding, Lord. Tonight, Holy Spirit, I bless these homes. Holy Spirit, I bless these marriages. I bless these families, and I, I pray the testimony of Jesus and the witness of his manifest presence is so tangible, so tangible in every life this Christmas. And I pray that wonders and miracles are released this Christmas for our families. That the testimony of Jesus would be witnessed in miracles and deliverances and healings. The testimony that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever would be ours. So I bless you, every one of you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Increase your presence, Lord, right now. Increase your presence. I bless what you're doing right now, and I ask you for more. I bless what you're doing. Lord, let the fire of your love sit down upon us in a tangible way. The fire of your love sit upon us tangibly. Be with us in our homes. Be with us as we break open the study of the Word of God. Be with us as we open our Bibles and as we begin to lift worship. Lord, I pray for that encounter with you that births the new song that is within them. Lord, I, I pray for glory encounters with you. Glory encounters with you, God. Let a new worship explode out of our spirit. In Jesus' name, a new song. Just put your hand on your belly tonight. There's a new song in you that has to come out. There's a new song in you that's destined to come out. In the name of Jesus, let it flow like a river. Let it flow like a river. A new song from the Lord. A new realm of worship. A new realm. A new depth of worship. Be loosed from your life. A river of worship. A river of adoration. Hallelujah. River flow. River flow. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.